Today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. My idea for this show was to invite guests and get the conversation started, to take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. And we encourage our listeners to look within themselves to take decisive action to make a positive difference. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. I'm your host, Bill Myers. And I'm excited today because I've been chasing this particular guest for a little while, and I'm glad that the schedule's finally locked and we were able to get this taken care of. And uh, so to the title of today's show is Making Her Story or Making Her Story from Near Suicide to Success with Ashley Ann. Let me tell you, today's show uh, is the story of business powerhouse Ashley Ann. From the depths of despair and disappointment, Ashley Ann has rallied back from the edge triumphantly to become a highly sought after business powerhouse serving thousands of clients worldwide. Ashley Ann, also known as Ashley Jones, also known as Ashley Ann, has made a name for herself by becoming a talent a talented, award-winning, hold on just a second there, my screen jumped, a talented, award-winning wedding and event designer, social media strategist, business builder, speaker, and entrepreneur. Ashley is currently travels around the country speaking to wedding and event professionals, small business owners, minority business owners, and people who want to open a business but don't know where to start. And the, uh, she is equipped with a BA in finance and an MBA. Ashley has helped almost 7,000 people generate money online and over 500 of them uh, create six and seven figure incomes. Her clients rec uh, recognize her creativity and passion. Her offices are based in Little Rock, Arkansas and Dallas, Texas. Please help me welcome my guest today, Ashley Ann. Ashley, welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to have you here. Um, you know, I had, when I received your bio, it is four pages long and it is amazing. There are, there are so many wonderful, you know, and tremendous accomplishments. But in the midst of reading the bio, what really struck me was a statement here that says, uh, yet the deeper, much darker and more painful story behind Ashley's essential uh, previously chronicled entrepreneurial narrative makes her ultimate success even greater triumph and inspiration to those she consults with and teaches. That really caught my attention because I believe that today, uh, due to pandemic and many, many other things, that there are people that still have not found their footing. Uh, I believe that there are many people, and, and whether there's a pandemic or not, uh, depression and uh, issues like this uh, and despair uh, plague many, many people. And so rather than uh, 
than us just sort of look at the successes and, and really just do that. I thought, you know, wouldn't it be nice to, to go to the beginning and learn from your early days and, and your growing up um, and just sort of track your development and sense of self as you get older and, and, and grow up and, and all that. And then when that, that low point hits, because it, I think that's really critical that people understand that they can come back from despair, that they can, they, that there's, there's a wonderful quote I want to share right now. Um, and this is from uh, Jean-Paul Sartre. And the quote is, life begins on the other side of despair. Life begins on the other side of despair. So I thought that that was a fitting quote for us to, to jump into de- to today's show. So Ashley, um, you are uh, from Arkansas. Uh, so I, I, wanna, I want to uh, give a shout out to the Razorbacks. Um, my mother <laughs> is from Plainview, Arkansas. And so uh, I, I have a bit of a connection to Arkansas in that, in that way. So, so Ashley, would you tell us a little bit about um, your coming up, your growing up, your family, and, and just your sense of self as you, you know, matured into, uh, and, and, and as you were growing up? I mean, you know, I, I'm just very curious to learn about that. And then when the, when the demons start to surface, when the challenges start to appear within you know, our, our thought process and our mind and spirit when these things become uh, challenged. And I, I just, I'd just like to hear from you now, if you would be so kind. Okay. So first of all, thank you so much for such a gracious welcome, but I got to correct something. I am from Arkansas, but I am a bear. Okay. You got to do it like a big bear. I went to the University of Central Arkansas. So I know all you hog fans, y'all feel some type of way, honey, but okay. I'm a bear. I'm a sugar bear until I die. <laughs> all, right. all right. I stand corrected. I stand corrected. I right, we got to do it like a big bear. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> um, but as far as childhood, I grew up in a place called Scott. So it's really country, like no sidewalks, no street lights. Um, when I got a little older, like a few years ago, they just got Dollar General down that way in the subway, like really country. Um, and but it it was a very loving environment. Um, and it also it developed my work ethic is probably why I can outwork a lot of people right now because we had a farm and we had chickens and we had hogs. Um and you had to go and you know work the garden and you had to do your chores and feed stuff and we had to shell peas and we had to can and you know what I'm saying like there there was like a good amount of work that needed to be done and then Miss Mary lived it wasn't even down the street I when I think about it it probably was maybe like half a mile down the road and she had a well and so we would go down there and we would pump her well water for her my grandma grew melons, so all kinds of like cantaloupe, watermelon, stuff like that. And she had peaches. So we like, you know, take the melons down there to her in exchange for the peaches and stuff. Um, my elementary school was really, really small. I went to Scott Elementary School. I don't even know if there were 300 kids in the whole entire elementary school. Now that I think about it, I mean, but like 
we're really, really small. Like everyone knows, you know, each other, all the families know one another, all the parents know one another. Um, so it's kind of hard to get away with anything, or I would say like slip through the cracks, kind of like when people, they go to bigger school districts and big cities, you know, with so many kids, you're just kind of one in the number. Mm -hmm. um, there weren't that many of us. So like every teacher knows you, the principal knows every student, all the parents know all the students, you know, like that type of environment. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I, I feel like all of that was like really, really good. My dad was in the army. So a lot of structure. So I was like, yes, ma'am. No, sir. Getting things done, getting them done on a timely, um, getting things done in a timely fashion, you know, doing your best, making sure that you're consistent and proficient all the time with different things. So um, my childhood, my mama was a lot of fun. She's very creative. So she would give me, she recognized early on that I was creative. And so she would give me the freedom to do little stuff. Like, um, I don't know if you remember back in the day when they paper bags in the grocery store and we would take the paper bags and we would turn them inside out and turn them into book covers. But I would turn mine backward and my mama would let me take them all over my entire bedroom off. And at the time I didn't realize I was making murals, but I would make murals and, and then I and I tear it all down and start again. Um, or she like let me paint the headboard or she let me help with like parties and stuff like that. So she, like I'm very blessed that she recognized that I was a creative kid and she gave me some type of avenue to, you know, get that stuff out and develop it. So um, lots of aunties and uncles. Um, I was super close to my grandma, really, really close to her. Uh, a lot of what I know as far as like work and design and hustling and stuff that all comes from her too. So like my childhood was like a very happy childhood. Big old family. My mama's number seven out of 10. My daddy's number nine out of 10. Wow. Wow. Well, we see um, everybody would be learning to steer and <laughs> rolling the tires and all of that good stuff. Um, junior high, high school, you know, I think I learned more. I probably, even though I'm like an extrovert, I'm like a horse extrovert. If that's that I, I started understanding that a lot of times extroverted people are able to accomplish what they want to accomplish in life. I feel like I realized that by the time I was like 13 or 14. Uh -huh. And so I forced myself you know, to always be the person in the room that would like speak and greet everybody and kind of be like the life of the party and make friends. But naturally, I actually have the disposition to actually be just kind of quiet. And I enjoy a lot of alone time. And I'm, I like observing, not necessarily interacting. Um, but I, so I guess I'd be like a, I'm really an introvert, but I'm like an extroverted introvert. Like I, I realized to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish in life, I couldn't sit around being quiet all the time. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I would say high school definitely probably reinforced and taught that. And um, once I got into college, that was basically a big culture shock for me because I had come from such a pleasant family and a pleasant background. And I didn't quite have the understanding yet that everybody in life doesn't mean you well. Um, I took people at face value, so I wasn't really good at discerning, you know, people were lying or running game, um, which gets you in some pretty crazy situations. 
And I still, because I'm country, you know, your word is your bond. So if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And I'm kind of walking through life at that point thinking everyone else is the same way. You know, if they say they're going to do it, then, you know, why would they lie? Why would they not do it? Um, mm-hmm. So I hadn't quite like developed that area of my discernmentship. And that's when I started getting, I would say, a lot of really hard lessons, you know, and realizing that I had surrounded myself with people that weren't my friends that didn't want the best for me, that there were people out there that were just coming to take or see what they could get from you, people that would sabotage you because, um, you know, they're jealous, um, people that would tell you that they'd be loyal to you, that weren't loyal to you, right? That That's when I really started gathering a lot of those experiences. Um, so I, I would say that that's when I really had to I don't want to say grow up fast, but when I learned a lot about myself and had to start tapping a lot into my strength, but I spent a lot of time being pretty sad and heartbroken and frustrated um, because I did not understand, because I was very naive and I thought everyone was like me and like my family and, you know, like you you try and do right by people and you want the best for people. And if you tell folks you're going to do something, it's going to get done. Um, and, you know, one of us wins, all of us wins, you know, I had that type of disposition and I went into life thinking that's how everyone was. And I found out very quickly, that's not how everyone is. Now, was that, was that the case pretty much throughout your entire time in college or was it at a certain point, you know, junior year or some, you know what I mean? When it suddenly hit you, you know what I mean? When the, when the reality, uh, that people were not as genuine as you uh, I was I would say pretty I say somewhere around my sophomore junior year and a lot of my lessons I had to learn them through you know proximity right being attached to the wrong people so there were some girls that I had come from high school with that I thought were my friends and by the time we got through the end of our freshman year of college I had realized you know they were lying like starting rumors on me one of them was sleeping with my um, <laughs> ended up sleeping with my ex-husband at the time he was my husband at the time ended up <laughs> ex-husband just just a lot of really um a lot of the human characteristics where you learn people are it, it's me over everything right and me coming from a place of I feel like we can work together and everyone can be okay and I, you know, now I'm older and I understand now that different people have different life experiences that shape and mold them in certain situations. And unfortunately, a lot of people aren't blessed to come from a very loving environment where you are supported and people are there to pitch their hands in. So a lot of people haven't even ever had that experience, right? And so for them, it's automatically is self-preservation. No one's going to look out for me. So I got to look out for myself. And if that means I got to take you down and 10 other people, I will take you down and 10 other people. And that was the first time that I had really experienced people being, I, I would say that extreme level of selfishness, but I also had to take accountability and be like, okay, girl, but you're the person who put these people in your life. You're the person, you know, that forged some type of relationship and interacted with them and ignored some of the other smaller things that were happening that should have been signs that this really isn't your type of person. Okay. So you had mentioned uh, just in, in this, uh, you mentioned uh, a, a female friend uh, uh, 
and then, and then a situation. So what? So when did you when did you get married? Were you did you get married in while you were in college? No. So okay. So I was engaged when I was in college to one guy. Okay. And that was around the time when I was like, I'm gonna start a business. I started my business when I was 21. Um, and this guy laughed at me. He literally laughed in my face. He told me nobody would pay me. I just, I'm going to start my event design and production company. He said, nobody's going to pay you to do events and you just need to get a regular job. And thank God that I had enough inside of me to be like, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, but I didn't want to be with someone that would just, I mean, he straight up like laughed in my face. Like it was nothing that somebody, it was like a dream crusher to me. And I was really, I was really shocked, you know, that he would just so be, be so blatant. Like he didn't ask any questions. It wasn't kind of like, what's your plan? It, and so I could see if like, I didn't have a plan or I was just kind of out here in a phase, just let out tell me that no one's going to do it. No one's going to pay for it. Um, he told me that his mom had always told him that I was very high-minded. <sighs> <laughs> uh, that, 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 you know, like, and that I just needed to get a regular job and get my head out of the clouds pretty much. And child, when I say he was wrong, he was wrong, wrong, wrong. And I'm very happy that I made the decision to, you know, move away from that relationship. So, but that was pretty much the beginning of the end for us. Um, he ended up, uh, he ended up cheating on me with this with some other random girl, which then, because it did, well, I split after that. Um, we split after that. And he ended up getting with this other girl and trying to like rub it in my face and stuff. But I didn't, I didn't care. I'm one of those people when I'm done with you, I'm done with you. I've always had that trait, um, mm-hmm. which is a blessing and a curse at the same time to be able to just disconnect from people. Sure, but sure. I was, I was done with it. And then he ended up trying to get back with me and then that wouldn't work. So then he wanted to try and play the game, you know, go through all of our mutual friends and pay me out like I was a horrible person. But none of that worked, you know, Um, but that was that was probably like another experience of, you know, seeing how malicious people could be. And I I really thought I was in love with this guy. He was my college sweetheart. I had been dating. We ended up dating like my second semester of my freshman year. And stayed together like all the way up until probably like the semester before graduation. So like in the junior year, like into top of senior year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So 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 then you moved to you. So then I guess you were talking about your you mentioned your ex husband. Yeah. So so now <laughs> so we move from a uh, uh, husband prospect. And and now he's gone. So now let's move to 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 that next story because uh, because there seemed to be some trauma. And again, I would imagine uh, at the point when you actually you know marry this gentleman that you know that level of commitment, i.e., marriage and all that. You know, there's a level of a an assuredness within you, obviously that that was different than our previous uh, uh, gentleman. So. Stepping into that and then facing a disappointment there. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, so so set that up. Just set it up because we're gonna need to go to a break here in just a moment, and then we'll come back and, and yeah. the rest of the story. Give me the cliffhanger, right? So his husband was my high school sweetheart. So we had dated in high school. He was a couple years older than me. Mm-hmm. He went to college on an athletic scholarship. 
even back then, I think I was smarter than the average bear. I knew he was going to be around a lot of college-age girls. And so I was like, hey, we need to break up because you're going to be around all these girls in college. Because I still had two years until I was graduating high school. So I broke up with him. We have ourselves, uh, this seems like a natural break. So we're going to take a break right now and sort of get our, our technical bobbles under control. You are listening to Bill Myers Inspires right here on the Inspired Choices Network. And today we are talking about making herstory with my guest, Miss Ashley Ann. We'll be back in just a moment. Today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives from our health to political unrest the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We are back. You are listening to Bill Myers Inspires. And today we are, our show is Making Herstory from Near Suicide to Success with Ashley Ann, my guest today. I'm going to tell you just a little bit more about Ashley Ann. Ask any of her thousands of global followers, especially the 11,000 plus who've learned to monetize their social media and the 700 plus who've created six-figure incomes, and they'll be happy to tell you. The reason why Ashley Ann's main landing page, the one where she invites everyone to live your dream and convert followers to buyers, 
is called Ashley Ann Speaks is because, quite literally, when Ashley Ann Speaks, lives change. Major side hustles happen. Big money gets made. Influence and brands build and worlds are conquered beyond anything that her clients could previously have imagined. And here she is again. <laughs> Ashley, we had, I'm glad that you're back. I'm so glad that you're here today. Uh, you have such a compelling story. So we're going we're gonna to get back to where we were. So you were telling me that we were, uh, you had broken up with your boyfriend at the time because he was in college. Um, and, and so catch us back up now as, and, and walk us down the aisle. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was in college. He was a couple years older than me. I was like, you're going to be around all these girls, you know what I'm saying? And cars and parties and stuff like that. And he was going to college on an athletic scholarship. So I already kind of knew what was going down. Um, so I broke up with him and, and then I went to college met the guy that I was engaged to in college. He told me, you know, your business is not going to work. Get a regular job. I was like, you talking to me? Who me? Like, nah, dog, that ain't going to work. So I left him. Um, and then my high school sweetheart, like, he had always kept up with me. And he was just like, well, I know you're single. You know, can I can I take you out? You know, I, I still love you. Like, you know, let, let's see what can shake out. So it actually probably, this is back in the day when MySpace was popping because he had MySpace me. <laughs> okay. My, my high school sweetheart had MySpace me. Um, and it was probably like, it was six or seven months before I responded. So when I did respond, I apologize for taking so long to respond because I honestly wasn't just really interested in getting into a relationship or dating or seeing anybody, you know, like I was just doing my own thing. Um, and we went out on a date and then the, like one day turned into two dates, 10 dates, like we just kept going out. Um, and he was like, well, we should be in a relationship. And then he had joined the, my ex had, was in the guard and he was getting ready to get deployed. So he went on his first tour. Um, and when he came back, um, I think he had, he was gone like seven, eight months, you know, and then he came back for his like leave time. Uh, that's when he proposed to me and I said yes and then he went and finished up that tour then he came back and he wanted to get married relatively soon so it was probably like six weeks from the time he came back to the time we had the wedding it was really really quick okay um and then I got married then I got married so then that's how I ended up being married um and it was really really great when we lived away um but when we moved back closer to home and after that second tour, things just were not the same. Um, he had a, one of his battle buddies he was pretty close to, he witnessed him being blown up in front of him. Mm. And it, I think it motivated or was a catalyst to him doing a lot more drinking and like substance abuse and stuff like that. Um, he started getting physically abusive with me, started mental first, then it got into the physical abuse. And so So today we're talking with Ashley Ann. We're having a we've got another a little freeze, technical freeze here. There we go. There we go. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, okay. 
So, um, let's see, what was the abusive? Yeah, it was getting physical abuse, you know, mental abuse, and that sort yeah. of thing. So, so, um, and and it sounds like he uh, obviously experienced a trauma that definitely is PTSD uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, type event. Uh, watching someone, uh, you know, close to him, uh, you know, get uh, get killed in, in the military. So yeah, they, that's a lot of stuff, you know, and certainly the outcomes there. So how did the, how did then did that? Well, obviously it had a profound effect on you because you were the became a victim of of that abuse. Um, and so so this is where that you know the 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 demons start surface surfacing for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so so how do you how did where does this wind up? And, and then how do we how do we turn this around? I mean, go keep going, you know, keep keep filling me in because we're tracking very well. But I just want to make sure that that we understand that there that number one, there usually is a sequence of events that will wind up occurring in our lives that will sort of bring us to our knees, you know, because we got two we got two legs. So <laughs> it's not just one. You know <laughs> what I mean? We can hop with one. But when both of right. them are kicked out, that's when that's when we find ourselves in, in a, in a desperate place. So, so tell yeah. us. Um, so it, uh, he was, you know, cheating on me and doing in, anything that you say that should be happening. It was happening inside of our relationship and it was definitely weighing on me. Now, what is so crazy about this situation um, is I knew who he was prior to that last tour. I knew who he was before the substance abuse. And so I was still hanging on to that. And I was going through all of this and I was keeping it a secret from my family. Like, you know, just as best because in my head, I wasn't ready to get rid of him yet. I was like, he's going to go and get help. He'll be back who he was before. We'll be able to get, you know, past this. Um, you know, I grew up in the church. So of course I took my vows like very seriously. And in my head, I was like, you know, I can, I can stand beside him. I can love him through this. Like I can help. But at the end of the day, the reality is you can't help anybody that doesn't want to help themselves. Um, and we would try and go to therapy and counseling. Um, he would go for a little while then he would quit. Um, sometimes he would stay me up and I'd be there with counselor, you know, by myself. And it got to the point, I was just like, how did I get here? Like, this is a man that's supposed to love me. And I literally have to fight this guy. He's cheating on me. His side pieces are calling me. They were leaving uh, bad reviews on my business page on Facebook and like harassing me and stuff. I mean, it was, it was really bad uh to the point that you know one of the girls had called me and she was like oh she was like you you know you need to stop talking to my boyfriend and blah 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 and I was like um your boyfriend is my husband you know she was like you're a liar he's not married he doesn't have any kids I was like he's definitely married I was like he could have some kids at this point I don't know who <laughs> I was like but I was like you know look it up I was like marriage licenses are public record um, and she ended up getting really upset. She was apologetic to me. And so at that time, I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm done with this. I want to get out of here. I want to leave. Now, at the same time, I call this my bankruptcy period, because this is also when my spine is deteriorating at an alarming rate. And my doctors are like, you need to prepare to be in a wheelchair. Um, and I definitely think all the stress that I was under had something to do with it. This is also around the time that I found out that um 
the girl that I thought was my so-called best friend from high school and the ex-husband that they're kicking it and hanging out together and all of the all of these shenanigans. Um, I had a person that I was supposed to be doing business with, and they had uh, they had stolen twenty five thousand dollars from me. All of this is like in the same like seven day window. It was a rough week, um, wow. and um, and and um, on top of on top of all of that, I I was struggling a lot at that point with I will say other close relationships I had. And it's, it's really because I was so miserable in the other situation I was in. I was keeping it a secret. It was just like, I felt like everyone was attacking me or coming against me. You know what I'm saying? So I would literally, I was at, I was at a point probably for like that whole month, I would get up and I would put on my makeup and put on my clothes and look like everything's fine. You know, and I was doing great and everything was fabulous. And I would literally go home and I would cry for hours. Um, I was not sleeping. I was not eating. I was in misery. I was in so much pain. My heart was severely broken. Also, around that time, my ex-husband had decided he was going to go on a trip to uh, Oklahoma with the side chick, and he was going to one of his other battle buddies. He was going up to his wedding. There's a guy, and he was taking the side chick to the wedding, and he had actually drained our account and I didn't have money to pay any of our bills. And so I had to go to my parents and I made up a lie about why we needed money to pay the bills that month. But the truth is he had drained the accounts because he had gone out with his with his mistress and was taking her on the trip. So that is when I was like, I called it my bankruptcy period. I literally would pray to God every day, like just don't wake me up. Mm. I was in extreme pain. Yeah, I was, I was just like, I was like, I don't want to wake up. Life sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and that so that was like, that was very challenging. Yeah, so you're experiencing heartbreak, the embarrassment, and, and all the humiliation of, of the shenanigans going on, uh, financial financial difficulties beyond measure, having to, to uh, go and you know, lie to your parents. I mean, you know what I mean? Just trying to find some relief and, you know, all those things that you mentioned where you get your, you know, you got your makeup on, you got your, got your hair did, you putting on this front and then going home and crying for hours. These are, I mean, this is textbook depression. I mean, this is symptom after symptom, plus the physical, the physical, uh, that you were going through with the, the spinal uh, surgery, you know, I, so, you know, and, and this is, this is why you are here. Um, I love this. I love your candidness in sharing this because there are people struggling in this world at this time who may only have a piece of that, uh, you know, or anything that they can relate to in, in, in even a portion of it. But the beautiful thing is here is that you have found a way to turn that frown upside down and you have landed on your feet triumphantly. And so so now if you would kind of kind of walk us through, because we're at a very low place here. And I don't know if this was the lowest place, because clearly you are now at a place in your story where you're sharing. God, please don't let me wake up. Uh, Yeah. I, I think it was my lowest. That's why I call it my bankruptcy period. 
and so physically bankrupt, uh, financially bankrupt, emotionally, emotionally financially, mentally, all the all the areas, all the areas. And I say my life was trash, one hundred percent trash at this point. I mean, it it was it was awful, and it was um it was I had this thing right. I hadn't tapped into my superpower yet, which I I learned from going to the spirit, you know, what it was, but I was frustrated because I was looking at so many things externally, right? And it sucks when you go through lessons like that and you're like, okay, you know, you know, everybody says, oh, you know, you go through the journey and the journey is beautiful and it's wonderful and you got to embrace it. BS, okay, it is not. It was ugly. It was hard. It was rough. It was nasty. It was uncomfortable. It was hurtful. I did not want to do it, you know, and I'm thankful for all the things that I've learned from it now being on the other side, but I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, I just embraced it when I was going through it. You no, know, I, I did not. <laughs> I I was trying to check out of it. Um, so I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm crying and praying and I'm, you know, on this wide like pity party for myself like god I, I did everything i'm supposed to do and i try and be a good person and you know i did this and i did that and blah 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 blah, blah and i don't understand why i'm going through this whatever whatever now little did i know what god had planned for me right on this other side in the future and how many people i'd be able to reach and help and i would need to be able to like call out some of these things and recognize it in my clients and be able to help them get past their blockages, you know, when it comes to their business and money and stuff like that. And in order to be able to do that, you got to get cultivated, right? You have to go through that. Like you, you don't, you know what I'm saying? It's like a, someone that's a championship boxer. They, they have to take a lot of licks. They got to take a lot of punches. They got to take a lot of bruises. They got to, you know what I'm saying? You got to, you got to work and work and work and work. It was literally going through that period to get me to where I was. So I'm sitting there crying and I'm praying and I hear it clear the bell. God is like, that's not how you get in contact with me. That's, you know, that's not who I raised you to be. This is not who you are. Like it was this little pathetic, wimpy, you know, whiny person sitting here. Right. Um, and I understood that I had to take accountability. And so I, I prayed and I said, God, you know, if you can help me, get past this. I will never let myself get to this point again. And I will help other people get out of these types of situations. Now, little did I know that when I prayed and said that, the guy was going to be like, oh, there's a whole bunch of people I got for you out there to help. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy that, that it did and it was willing. And so that's when I like really tapped into like, it was like, okay, so what part did you play in this? And that's the part no one likes to likes to acknowledge, right? It's so much more comfortable to just reside in external factors of he did this to me, she did that to me, woe is me, this and that. And I'm not saying that those people didn't do horrendous things. I'm not saying that they weren't trifling. I'm not saying that people weren't good friends or that they didn't backstab or lie or cheat or steal. I'm not saying any of those things, right? Because that, that did happen, but right. you taking accountability does not absolve other people from their mishaps or from mishandling. And accountability actually gives you the ability to move forward because if you take accountability, you can now be honest with your missteps or when you escalated a situation. You can be honest about if you even had any business in the proximity, right, with some of these people that you're you're in 
circus with. You can be honest about signs that you missed. You can be honest about uh, when you went left, when you should have went right, right? That's what accountability is about. It's about you actually saying, okay, how do I, if I'm looking at the map, how do I move differently or what directions do I go in so I can get to the treasure, right? So I can get to the end result in spite of what's coming in my direction. What is it that I need to do differently to garner a different result for myself? And I feel like accountability is everybody's superpower, but there are very few people on the planet Earth that want to take accountability. Mm. Yeah. Well, you said a mouthful. That that's very powerful, and 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 you are correct. Um, uh, we do have to assess and get to our own reality check. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, it's really it's really easy not to because again, you still like that person still stole twenty five thousand dollars from me. You know, my ex husband still was cheating on me and fighting me. You know what I mean? That girl that I thought was my friend still was out here hanging out with him. You know what I mean? Like all those things are still happening, and so it's really easy to just focus on the external instead of like, but what are you doing? Like, why are you allowing these things? If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, it makes makes a lot of sense. Well, you know, we're, we're, I am so excited to have you here. And I, and again, you know, I, I, I so appreciate your candor and your ability to, to share with us the uncomfortable stuff, because I think that that speaks to lots of people. It meets them right where they are. And hopefully, you know, again, there are some, there are some real valuable bits of advice that will move them from that stuck place that they are in and, and move forward. And we're going to hear about some of that when we come back from this next break. So I am here with my special guest, Ashley Ann, and today's show is Making Herstory from Near Suicide to Success. We'll be back in just a moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. 
We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires, and we are back with Ashley Ann, making her story from near suicide to success. So, Ashley, like I said, I so appreciate you being candid and being able to share some of the, the heartache and the pain of the journey. Um, so, in that, you were you were starting to uh, outline our our superpower in the word accountability. And so, what I'm going to ask you now is, what other steps might one take to move from that point of despair? Now, accountability we do have that's squarely, uh, you know, very very important and probably the number one issue there. But now, how should we how should we move forward? What other recommendations might you make as we find uh, and move closer to our greatness? Yeah, you got to take assessment. Um, and I think a lot of times the people have a negative connotation when it comes to assessment. It's really not. Um, it, it, it works for you. It's so powerful, right? So like, if, let's say we're just going to look at the last week. We're not going to go into like 30 days or a year or quarter, just last week in your life. And literally right now, everything you can think of that went right for you, anything that happened the way that you wanted it to happen, right? And then you just sit and you ask yourself, well, what actions did I take? What behaviors, what conversations, right? What did, what did I do that helped these things go right? And then you're going to do the same thing with what went wrong. What, what happened that I wasn't necessarily so thrilled about that outcome? And you're going to assess it so you can say, you know what? I should not, I should do less of that. Or maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. And this is an easy way to start moving your behaviors towards, towards actions that you that you want, that you desire, right? Because if we can change our behaviors, we can shift the energy that comes to us so that we can actually get more and more of what we want. And a lot of times we're kind of unaware. So I would feel like I feel like the awareness and the assessment kind of go hand in hand. You do the assessment and it makes you aware of what you're doing that gives you positive results versus what you're doing that gives you not so favorable results. I, the next thing that I was big on after that, I really got into trying to like change my alignment to, I would say like a more positive space, like so increasing my vibration. So I started off every single day with gratitude chant. And gratitude chants are probably in your head, when you're in a not so great space, you almost feel like it's a waste of time, but it's really one of the best things that you can do for yourself. Because if you're in a space of gratitude, literally like anger can't exist in that same space. Depression can't exist in that same space. Sadness can't exist in that same space. Frustration can't exist in that same space. And what it does, if you're focused on what you have and you're happy about it, you're going to bring more of that to yourself, right? It's like God says, oh, they're, they're digging what's going on over here. Well, let me give them some more of this good stuff. And I feel like 
oftentimes we spend so much time focused on what we don't want. You know, we're like, I don't want that outcome. I don't want this in. I don't want that color. I don't want that flavor. Instead of saying, oh my gosh, I'm so happy about this. So literally three minutes a day, and to this day, I still do this. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, hey, God, thank you for giving me up. What's popping today? And I immediately go into what I'm grateful and thankful for. And I don't care how shallow it is. You know, some things are going to be very deep and some stuff is going to be shallow. Like literally, I'm, I'm grateful for my pillow. I'm grateful to be here with Bill Myers today. You know, I'm grateful for my laptop. I'm grateful for working the internet. I'm grateful I have my eyebrows, whatever it is. But like, I'm grateful for my car, you know, like, and even if you're not grateful for your car, be grateful that your car works or that it has heat or air. Like you have to find the good in something. And so the more I started to focus on what was good and what was right and what was happening for me, like literally it was like a little magic window open and there it started like piling on more and more and more good stuff. Um, and then the last thing that I did that I would say I was very adamant about, I really started manifesting and praying based on my vision versus my sight. And that was something that I wouldn't have learned to do without going through all of those trials and tribulations. Um, a lot of us are so focused on what we can see right now or whatever the current situation is, but that's not your forever. That's not your end. And if you can really start getting a clear vision of what you want in your life or where you think that you're going for, or if you pray and you really believe that those things are going to happen, um, or even if you've got a problem, when you pray, don't focus on the problem, pray and meditate on the solution. You know what I'm saying? Like, ask, like, what is the solution to this? You will see. I feel, I honestly feel like my life started changing instantly. Like, I really feel like within 72 hours, I started seeing these big, huge transformations in my life because I was focused on my vision and where I was going and starting to be very thankful and grateful for that instead of looking at what my current situation is. You know, I'm a multimillionaire now and there was a point in my life I had a bank account that was over $7,000 in the negative, you know, and I was able to pay that off. But at the time I couldn't pray based on what I could see around me. I was in a tiny apartment, you know what I'm saying? I was like, having to shuffle all kinds of things around to pay my bills. I was working an excessive amount an hour of hours, you know, and if I would have been focused on that, I would have been bringing more into that. But when I started saying, okay, God, this is the vision that I have for my life. This is what I would like. And I focused on that and just be very stubborn about the outcome. But I was very flexible about the methods and, and how the blessings were coming. I can't care, care how they were coming. It was, but you know what I'm saying? Just literally focused on that. It, 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 like everything just changed for me. Like literally, I feel like within 72 hours, I was a new person and I was on the road running and I've never turned back. Wow. That's very powerful. That's very powerful testimony there. And uh, wow. So, 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 so now, now that you're on the other side of that, and 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 you're able and I, I thank you so much. That was that was just huge. What you just said, I, I believe, was huge. And so so now talk to us about what it is that that you have grown your business into at this point. Because I didn't go into all the details of how wonderful wonderful really is. So I'm going to yeah. let you, you kind of get with that. We've got. Uh, well, we got about three and a half minutes, so I'm going to give you about a minute and a half to just kind of let us know uh, what it is that you are doing that's that's so amazing and how 
people can get in contact with you. I think that's a good a good way for us to wrap this up so that we know how we can reach out to Ashley Ann. Yeah, um, anybody that's listening, if you're in the States or Canada, you can text the word commas with a K, so K-O-M-M-A-S to 501-285-8966. And that will give you the ability to text me and I will send you a free social media marketing class and worksheet and all of that good stuff. And I know you're like, why do I need that? Because I help people make money get paid for their purpose, or you can get income for your interest, okay? My goal is to help people become financially stable and secure doing things that they like to do. Because if you can make money doing things that you want to do, then you're going to be happier. Um, Monday Mondays are the highest time for heart attacks because people are so miserable going to their jobs. As adults, we spend like two-thirds of our waking hours working. You should be happy doing whatever it is that you're doing. And if you're happy, it makes you a better spouse, a better parent, a better neighbor, a better lover, a better friend, because you're happy, right? So you're putting out more and more good energy. So I want people to be financially secure, doing things that they like to do. Um, Y'all can follow me on Instagram or Facebook at King Ashley Ann. I try and get on at least three times a week and give free classes to help people make money with their side hustles or with their businesses. Um, And I teach people things that people charge for thousands of dollars totally for free. Okay. So now that's King, King Ashley. Spell that out for us. So we got it. So everybody's got it. I don't want anybody to miss that. So King Ashley Ann, go ahead. Yes, K-I-N-G-A-S-H-L-E-Y-A-N-N. All right. All right. See, that's good stuff. You, you're the bomb diggity. I, and I'm so glad that you are here. I mean, you know, I was, I was so eager to get you on the show. So I am so glad that you are here. And I wish you a great recovery, uh, by the way. Thank and, you. Uh, Thank you so there. much. Yeah, absolutely. Because... You make you 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 are touching the lives of many, and you have certainly brightened my day today. So, I thank you so much for being here. You know, it's been wonderful. Oh, thank you for having me. Like when I said I wouldn't have missed it, and I I had surgery Monday, and I was like, no, I was like, y'all gonna prop me up? Like I'm not missing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not missing this. <laughs> so well, so excited. I love what I love what you're doing and how you're touching and reaching so many people and just putting out good energy and helping people with the steps that they actually need to change their life. It's, it's amazing. It's needed. It is so needed. And I thank you for that. And, and that's, that's the goal is how we can serve and, uh, you know, assist people on the journey. Cause we're all just accompanying each other back home. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for spending your afternoon right here with us at Bill Myers Inspire. Remember, we're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Inspired Choices Network. Remember to take time this week to take a breath and look within yourself and figure out how you can make a positive difference in this world. Spread the word, and we'll see you here next Friday. Have a wonderful week.